Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Well, good morning. They're like, what is he doing here? You know, uh, earlier this year when Pastor Brian asked me to speak, I was actually, believe it or not, originally scheduled to give the message on hell that we had a couple months ago. Uh, And really, I I don't know why, but um, I got to say, I'm not really sure how well that would have gone. And it might have been okay, right? It might have been fine. But ultimately, I'm glad Jason ended up taking it because personally, I think if I had given that message, I would have gone down in flames. Maybe that was a little too deep for some of you. Don't worry, that just gets, barely gets under the surface of what I can throw out. This is bad. Hey, but honestly, I'm really excited to be working with Pastor Brian on an ordination process. So that's kind of what I'm doing up here. Um, I, I really believe God has called me to be a pastor of worship, not necessarily looking to be a preacher or anything. I'm certainly not going anywhere. I really feel God has called me to the worship ministry of this church but I do believe it's important for the, uh, the director of worship at a church to, to be sound in theology and doctrine and, and to grow in leading people and shepherding them. And so I'm uh, thankful just to be working with Pastor Brian for his mentorship in this and thankful just for the opportunity to be speaking to you guys and growing uh, in this with you. And uh, today I wanna talk especially to those of you who are discouraged. And if you're hurting in your life, it's, it's my hope today that this message will, will speak to you, that you'll find some encouragement for your life. And today we are in the second part of this message series on the Old Testament minor prophet Haggai. Right? If you missed last week or if you need just a little refresher, I want to give you the backstory just so you kind of understand the big picture here. And last week we talked all the way back to when King Solomon built for God the most magnificent temple. It was mind-blowing how incredible this temple was. People came from all over just to worship God, to show him honor, and quite honestly, just to see the glory of this temple. And unfortunately, we know that after King Solomon died, the the people turned away from God. They began to worship idols. And so God, he allowed a series of events to take place in order to bring the people's focus back toward him. Last week, we also talked about the destruction of the temple. In 587 BC, uh, under the rule of King Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian army, they they completely destroyed Judah, including the, the temple of God. The Babylonians then took the Jewish people into captivity for five decades. And so you can imagine just the sense of, of relief and hope for the first time in 50 years when a remnant of people were allowed to leave Babylon and return home to build their city. And the first priority they had was to build the house of God, right? So they got to work rebuilding the temple. They got the foundation in place. We read in the book of Ezra, they got the the altar in place, but then they were met with some resistance. Some people that didn't want them to be there, didn't want them rebuilding the temple. And so you know what they did? They just gave up. Right? They, they just gave up. 
And so for 14 years, the temple sat there unfinished with no progress. Kind of reminds me of I-35, doesn't it? (laughs) But really, you know, because they had stopped working on the temple and, and they actually had started to really focus more on their own houses and making their houses really, really nice. And because of that, God raised up the prophet Haggai to call the people back to the task. And he said, don't just focus on your own houses, focus on God's house, right? Let's put God first. Let's put him at the center. Let's choose the hard right over the easy wrong. So that's the context there. We're gonna pick up the story with that in mind. So if you're following along here in Haggai chapter one, verses 13 and 14, this is what scripture teaches us. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people and said, I am with you, declares the Lord. And so this is good news here. God says, I am with you. We're gonna come back to this thought a little later here. Verse 14, so the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. So God, he stirs up the heart of the governor, the high priest, and of all the people. So what does God often do in your life? God will often stir up your spirit. He gives you a hope to accomplish something that he puts on your mind. And, and this is what he did for the people. He gave them a sense of hope, right? We're supposed to rebuild this temple. And he stirred up their spirits. And this will happen for those of you who are followers of Jesus. You know, there, there are those times like, like out of the blue, like, I don't know, but I really think we're supposed to do this. I feel called to this. And you have faith to attack something. And that's because God has stirred up your spirit. And so continuing on here, after God stirs up their spirits, it says, they came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty. All right, we can do this. We're gonna build this temple. It's gonna be amazing. Let's get started. All right, so this is where they are at the end of chapter one. They're, they're enthusiastic. They're ready to rebuild. They, they get started on it. However, at the beginning of chapter two, a month has gone by and and they soon begin to realize as they're building this temple that this new temple, it's gonna pale in comparison to the one that Solomon built. I gathered around the the temple construction site and and they're looking at it, they're like, is this all there is? This is so pathetic. They, They don't have the resources. They don't have the skilled craftsmen that Solomon did. Israel is certainly not as it once was. And so so they get discouraged. So let's be honest here. How often does this happen in our lives now? All right, we're gonna do this. We're gonna attack. We're gonna do something amazing. And then we fizzle out when we don't make enough progress. Or we get discouraged when we don't feel like it's good enough. Now, so for 10 years of my life, I've wanted to be a songwriter, right? But honestly, uh, songwriting has come really difficult for me and, and I've got very little to show for it. Of course, I've got a couple of songs that I've mostly finished and some that, that uh, I've finished with other songwriters that we actually sing here on Sunday mornings. But, but for the most part, I've got just a handful of lyrics and melodies that, that just I left sit th- sitting there. And literally, just a few weeks ago, I finished a book on how to write better lyrics. And you wanna know how long it took me to read that book? Eight years. Yes, eight years of starting to read it, picking it back up. And 
uh, you know, reading it and then, and then putting it away and then picking it back up. And I'd have to, of course, start back over because I forgot what I'd read before. And I'd read a few chapters. I'd get all excited. I'd be writing, yeah, I'm gonna be a great songwriter. I'm getting all these tips. I know how to do this. And then I'd look back at what I wrote and be like, what the heck? Did a two-year-old write this? Right, so I'd put it down all discouraged. And of course, I'd pick it back up a little while later and like, I, I wanna be a songwriter. I gotta do this. The same thing happens and I wonder why in the world I can't channel my inner Bob Dylan, right? Why did it take me so long to read a 300 page book? It's because I got discouraged over and over again. I, I wanted to succeed at songwriting right away. I wanted to be a great songwriter right away. But when I didn't see the, the progress that I thought I should be making, I, I got discouraged. And we're all like that to some degree. You know, we're gonna attack, we're gonna build this temple and a little later we flame out. And I don't know what it is for you. Maybe, you know, we're gonna get out of debt. Yeah, we're gonna get out of debt. We're gonna get out of debt. And wait a second, Christmas, that, that's in December again, right? No, we, we gotta be ready for that. We can't do that. And, oh, I'm gonna go on a diet. I, I'm going on a diet, going on a diet. Wait, wait, I, I can't have double stuffed Oreos and Bluebell on my diet. Yeah, no, no, that is not gonna work at all. I'm gonna wake up at 5 a.m. every morning to spend time with Jesus. 5 a.m., 5 a.m., 5 a.m. Oh, man, I'm just getting tired. And I really, I don't feel like I'm growing spiritually. You know, maybe God isn't up that early. <laughs> All right, that's how it goes though. We, we, get, we, we think we've got this, but then when, when we don't make the progress we think we should make, we get incredibly discouraged. And that's exactly what happened here to the people of God. You know, they say, we're, we're gonna do this for God. It's gonna be amazing. But the moment it didn't go like they expected, they got incredibly discouraged. And so, God had Haggai ask them a few questions here. And to me, these are loving questions. It's almost like God is really trying to get to the root of their discouragement. And if you're discouraged this morning, perhaps it's because of one of the two reasons we find revealed in these questions. He says, who of you is left that saw the house in its former glory? In other words, who is old enough to remember Solomon's temple? Wasn't it amazing? Right, they look at this new one that they've completed the altar and the foundation and whatever little they've done in the past month. And he says, how does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? So there are two causes of discouragement that, that I wanna talk about today. If you're taking notes here, the first cause of discouragement is comparison. Comparison. And certainly these people are doing what, what we often do. Right? They're comparing their start with someone else's finish. Right? We just started and our temple doesn't look very good and Solomon's finish was so much better. And there's this sense of comparison. And I don't know about you, but I get incredibly discouraged when I start to compare where someone else is and I'm not. Right? If you're a guy, maybe you're like, man, he's got a great job. He's got an incredible family and he's such a biblical scholar. He's so wise and humble and, I hate my job, my family's a mess, and I don't think I can name the first five books of the Bible to save my life, right? Genesis, Revelation, no. If you're a lady, you know, maybe you're comparing your kids to someone else's kids, right? You know, her kids, they go out in their perfect matching outfits, and they've got college credit in the fifth grade, and they're bringing baked goodies to the homeless shelter. You know, my kids are, are barely dressed, and they flunked PE, and some people think they are homeless. He feels so bad about it, right? But then if you want to feel like a massive loser, I don't know if you, some of you do this, but 
You go scroll through Facebook or Instagram, right? You're like, like what? He's on vacation again? Like that's like the third time this year. Why can't I go to Hawaii? Or wow, she's highlighted and underlined every word in her Bible. She wrote little notes in the margins there. Look how much she loves Jesus. I don't even know where to start with my quiet times. Or look how successful their business is. My my business is going nowhere. You're comparing all these different things and, and suddenly you feel incredibly discouraged. Why? Because you're comparing your start to someone else's finish. And just like they did when they were comparing their temple to Solomon's, you feel like a failure. You feel so discouraged. Now, the second cause for discouragement we see in these questions is a lack of progress. And a lack of progress. And this is where the people of Judah are. A month after getting back to, to rebuilding the temple, they feel like they're not making the progress that they should have been making. And this is how we often feel, right? You say, I'm gonna go on a diet, I'm gonna get in shape. And so for a whole month, you eat nothing but kale chips and almonds. And, and then you gain two pounds. <laughs> You're like, what happened? Right, I was trying so hard, but it's, it's not working. Maybe you did start a business and it started out great, but pretty soon you start losing steam. You're working as hard as you can, but it just never seems like it's hard enough. You take two steps forward and, and it's like 20 steps back. And maybe it is a spiritual lack of progress. And you think, man, I've been a Christian for all this time. But I still struggle to overcome that one sin. I still struggle to meet with God regularly. Maybe I just can't. You know, maybe it's not worth it. You're trying your best, but you're just not making any progress. Right? You're not getting anything back. You wake up one day and you're like, well, I tried. I tried, I'm just not there. And you're just discouraged, right? Just discouraged. Now I don't wanna whine, but, but I just wanna tell you, we all live there at some point, right? They're doing this and, and they're doing that and I'm not, I'm trying so hard. I'm not making the progress that I wanna make. What do you do when you find yourself just constantly discouraged? I wanna show you here what, what God tells his people to do. You know, we're building this temple. It's not going well. It's never gonna be as good as Solomon's temple. We're trying to do the best we can do. The best just isn't good enough. And so God, he gives them the most loving and simple instructions. And to me, this is one of the most beautiful things about this little book of Haggai. So watch how loving God is. It's amazing here. He says, but now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. And then he says, and work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. Be strong and work, for I am with you. And so what do you do when you're discouraged? God says two things. The first thing he says is be strong. And then he says, do the work. Now, the good thing here is that we don't have to be strong on our own power, right? In fact, we shouldn't be. This is what uh, Paul tells us when he was discouraged, when he was tormented by a thorn in his flesh. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, 
and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In other words, I don't have to be strong on my own strength. I've got a supernatural strength that's dwelling within me. With his strength, you don't have to be strong. In fact, when, when you can't do it anymore and you're about ready to give up, that's when you're the perfect candidate to let God's strength be strong through you. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and do the work. Put down another stone. Well, I just put down a stone. It doesn't seem to make much of a difference. What do you do? You be strong and you put down another stone. You put down another stone. It's not working. I, I don't know what to do. Consistently do the last thing God's told you to do. Consistently choose the hard right over the easy wrong. Consistently do the work. Put down the stone and put down another stone. Put down another stone. Put down another stone. I consistently do the hard thing. It'd be easy to go home. It'd be easy to say it's too hard. It'd be easy to say someone else did it better. It'd be easy to, to say there's not a lot of progress, but God says, be strong and show back up. Be strong and keep doing this. So let me let you guys in on a, a little songwriting secret here as if I'm the expert right after that story. But people are always interested in how a song gets written. And um, I think most of us probably think like magic fairy dust kind of falls from the sky, some inspiration. It sprinkles the right side of an artist's brain and then bam, they've got a work of art in 10 minutes flat, right? That's what we all think. And even if that's not what you think, that's what I thought for the past 10 years, right? When's this stroke of inspiration gonna hit? When am I gonna write a good song? But the truth is that's not how it works at all. And sure, you know, songs arrive in many different ways for different artists, but the overall truth is, and here's the secret, is that songwriting takes work. It takes lots of work. It's a methodical discipline that takes a regular rhythm of practice. And so if I wanna be a good songwriter, I've gotta consistently show up and write. I can't just sit down every few months and write down a few lyrics and, and expect anything good to come out of it. I've gotta show up consistently and do the work. And so this leads us to a principle that, that you and I need to know. It's that successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally, right? Successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally. And it's important to know that anyone can be a successful person. Like a successful person is not necessarily a well-known person. In fact, most of the time they probably aren't. A successful person is not necessarily a wealthy or rich person. Most of the time they're, they're probably not, but a successful person accomplishes their aim or purpose. So what aim or purpose has God called you to? Be successful in that by, by slowly but surely accomplishing what you've been called to. You show back up, you do the work. Be strong in the Lord, put down another stone. You be strong and you continue to pay off your debt. Even if it's only $10 a month, you continue to do the right thing. You do it week after week, month after month, year after year. Continue to do the right thing. You be strong and continue to love even when other people aren't loving in return. 
be strong and continue to, to show honor even when the person over you isn't acting honorably. Be strong, continue to love your spouse even when your spouse is, is unresponsive. Be strong and continue to reach out to that person even when they don't hear you or, or let you in. You be strong and, and you continue to love, to pray for your children. You stand for your children even when they don't stand for anything you believe is right. Be strong and continue to meet with Jesus each and every day. Put him at the center of everything. In Galatians 6, 9, we're told, let us not become weary in doing good. In other words, don't become weary in doing the work. Why? Because at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. God says, be strong and do the work. Why? For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. And this is the key to all of it. It's not that you do it on your own, it's that you do it with him. In fact, when we move forward into the New Testament, the whole concept of the temple was going to change. In the Old Testament, people had to go to the temple. They had to make a sacrifice in order to be made right with God. But in the New Testament, that changes it. And Paul says something crazy. He says, for those who are followers of Jesus, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body is the house where God dwells. And this is the most Mind-blowing thought because people thought you had to go to the temple in order to be made right with God, in order to experience God. And God says, if you're a follower of my son, Jesus, actually dwell within you. Old Testament, you gotta go to the temple. You gotta make a sacrifice to be made right with God. New Testament, God comes to you. And he makes the sacrifice of his son, Jesus, so that you would be right with him. And his spirit dwells within you. Jesus is the greater glory here. And this changes everything because now you don't have to be strong and do the work on your own. You do it because he is with you. He's not only with you, he's also in you. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Every time you put down a stone in his name, you are glorifying him. When you serve someone, he's being glorified. When you love someone, when you forgive someone, he's being glorified. When you lift up his name, he's being glorified. And here's why we, we shouldn't be discouraged because we are not alone. We are not alone. He's with us, right? We don't have to go to a temple to make a sacrifice to God, he came to us. He gave his son so that we would be right with him. Jesus, he dwells within those of us who are believers. He is the greater glory. And listen, you never have to be discouraged because he is with you. You are not alone. Be strong and do the work for I am with you, declares the Lord. And being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If you're discouraged here today, remember God came to you. 
that he made a sacrifice so that you could be right with him. And he's not only with you, he's in you. Because of that, you can do everything he's called you to do. Let's pray together. God, you're so good to us. We thank you that you're present with us. We thank you for the truth of your word. And Father, I ask for your comfort on each person in this room who's discouraged. Maybe they struggle with comparing their life with someone else's life. Maybe they struggle with not making the progress they think they should be making. God, would you help us to be strong, to do the work. Help us to surrender our own power over to you, trusting in your strength, trusting in, in your grace for our lives. What we experience in this life, God, we know can be discouraging, but remind us of the goodness of your son, Jesus. Remind us that you are always with us. That you will never leave us nor forsake us. And Father, we, we also pray just against the attacks of the enemy to steal our joy, to make us think we're not alone. So God, we have the confidence to know that you are always with us. And God, for those who haven't yet made the decision to, to follow Jesus, maybe there are those in this room right now that have just now realized that Jesus is the greater glory, that his sacrifice alone is what makes us right with you. If there are those in this room right now that they long to have a relationship with Jesus, to have his spirit dwell within them, know that it doesn't matter how discouraged you are. It doesn't matter how far away from God you feel at this moment. It doesn't matter who you are. When you call on Jesus, he hears your prayer. He forgives all your sins and he makes you completely brand new. If you believe that, the time is right now. Today is the day. Now is the moment where you say these words. You say, Jesus, be first. Be the center of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Fill me with your spirit so I can serve you and follow you for the rest of my life. Jesus, I surrender to you. Thank you for new life. It's in Jesus' name we pray.